So, hey, freaks, it's Phil. Uh, we have got back in the studio tonight winter storm expert Tom Nizzle. Uh, we're going to hopefully find out a little bit about what to expect this coming winter season, but he's also going to share with us some work he's done uh, studying the 2022 blizzard in Buffalo uh, that killed uh, killed like 47 people. It was a, just a crazy winter storm. So we're going to learn about that, but uh, we've also got Weather Troll by 5,000 back in the studio. Hashtag Weather Fools. All on episode 197 of Stormfront Freaks Live! Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather show. This is the award-winning Storm. Front Freaks Live. It's brought to you by AMS Weather Band. Uh, this is a great opportunity if you're weather geeks like us to get involved with the American Meteorological Society. Even if you're not a meteorologist, uh, you can connect with weather enthusiasts all over the world, as well as 10,000 plus members of the AMS. And you can get full membership for just $12 a year. And you can do that by going to amsweatherband.org. Also want to thank our Patreon members. We've got some amazing uh, freaks that, that are Patreon members of ours. And I know MJ will scroll them at the bottom of the screen. Uh, we love you all. And you also can join us. Uh, we've got access to ex our exclusive Facebook group. And I know, Dina, you just posted something on there uh, today. You had like a fire alarm at, at, yeah, at work today. Yeah, fire drill. And of course, like we're on the top floor. And then they not only have us come down the stairwell, but then we have to go down another like six flights of stairs into the garage. And like almost 30 flights later, we're like, I'm not going back up. <laughs> I'm not going back up. I, I'm getting over I'm out. respiratory infection <laughs> I'm out. and I'm barely breathing. And I'm like, somebody go get my oh, keys. No. I'm not, I, and, and so here's what's amazing. Only if you are a Patreon member or one of our past guests, uh, are you able to watch and see dina bitch and <laughs> complain about that <laughs> right <laughs> like you don't get that anywhere else no solid uh, content it was yeah. solid and i had i had my work friends on there too and so we've also we got a number of other tiers uh some that ex include exclusive merchandise the key is you can help support the show for as little as five dollars a month and and be a part of that and be a supporter of ours uh, you can find out more details at stormfrontfreaks.com. Um, for any of you that happen to be new to the show, it is always happy hour when we record. Uh, it's always. kind of a tradition of ours, uh, no matter when we record. But uh, it's an opportunity to let you know, number one, we like to have a little fun uh, doing what we're doing here and not take ourselves too seriously. But let's see who's ponying up to the bar tonight. Let's go through our co-hosts, uh, Greg Johnson. Storm chasing yeah. photographer, Greg, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm going to let you down tonight, Phil. Oh. I'm actually uh, drinking some, uh, some Coke Zero. But I got to tell you guys a little backstory real quick. Greg. I spent a lot of time this time of year on the road, staying in hotel rooms. I'm obviously in a hotel room right now. And, um, last week, one week ago, I collected some bed bugs at a oh, hotel. No. Oh. Yeah, and if you've never oh. had them, it's the worst. And apparently, they're everywhere right now. I had to get rid of all my clothes. I had to throw them all out. All that, you know, everything that happens you when you get bed bugs. You can't just wash them. Well, you can, but I'm not 
risk risking bringing anything home or and and anyway um uh, i'm in a hotel room again tonight and maybe i should be drinking that's the thing but anyway I'm <laughs> that would be a reason yeah. to drink and yeah i, I suppose it is. but anyway down. i'm that's pulling a gen tonight no alcohol <laughs> i'm going i'm going i'm going uh, clear mind clear vision let's keep it real but guys that's no fun it isn't. Oh, <laughs> all right. Dina Knightley, our meteorologist and weather producer at weather.com. Dina. Uh, I just got a Merlot. Uh, I think it was the cloud nine one I bought uh, about a week ago. So it's still pretty good. Still making Love use that. of those uh, dollar <laughs> continental airline glasses. That's hey, good. These are vintage <laughs> from the nineties. So $2. I started. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. It was not. Misspoke. <laughs> All right, Jed Watson, our on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel. Jen, it looks like you're either at a spa or you are getting ready for some, what? What's going on there? Yeah, and what do, are you like drinking? You, like ready for a spa day there? <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, yeah, with your. Top. Well, is that a? It looks like a robe. It does. Oh, it's a sweater. Okay, robe sweater. <laughs> I was That's right. say, is that no, cashmere? Any way you want, baby. <laughs> cashmere? I don't know, man. No, no but it, it's actually. Oh, and I Whoa. lost my camera. I know. <laughs> um, no, it's a really cute sweater. Oh. It is cute. Okay. <laughs> nice. But from it, it like a little party, it looked like it was. It was a robe. <laughs> No, it's not a robe. Um, <laughs> you can get a facial done while you're doing it. I could. Um, I'm just drinking a sparkling probiotic drink. I'm trying to stay oh, healthy my. right now. <laughs> I hope somebody else is drinking. Brady, Brady, don't let me down, man. All right, uh, Brady Harris, meteorologist, what are you drinking? Yeah, so I'm drinking some. No, I'm drinking wine, Dina. Me and you, baby, right out of the OSU wine cup. I, it's nice. not a weather themed wine, no but box. it is a. Uh, it, I think it's a Merlot as well, Dina. So I think All you right. would you would like it. All Aww. right, go box. Well, and and I do have to ask because uh, Tom is not the first time that he's been on the show, and so he's aware of our happy hour event. Tom, I do need to ask you before we actually officially introduce you. What what are you drinking? Hey, for the occasion, why not? I'm from nice. Buffalo. This is Flying Bison Thunder Snow IPA. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Nice. Are you nice. kidding? There's a beer called Thunder Snow? Are you serious? <laughs> yes, there is. How does there, that not have Cantori's face just plastered on the front? That's what I don't know. I don't know. Hey, there there must not be a copyright to that name because there is a Cincinnati brewery yeah. that also has a Thunder Snow mm. uh, name, Mad Tree, Mad Tree yeah. Brewery. Why not? Yeah. Nice. Why not? Yeah, well, exactly. listen, gang. Listen, exactly. gang. Let's 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 actually meet our guests now. Uh, I want to <laughs> introduce uh, Tom Nizzle. Uh, just like the word drizzle, Tom is uh, a winter weather expert for Fox Weather, and he is spending time right now in his little cabin in the woods up in the Appalachian Mountains. That's where he's coming to us from. And listen, uh, Tom spent uh, 32 years of his life at the National Weather Service. He was a forecaster and then science operations officer and finally meteorologist in charge of the National Weather Service office in Buffalo. Uh, he received his BS in meteorology from SUNY Oswego in 19, that 1977? Woo! Is that a, that must be a, Baby. Tom, that's got to be a typo, right? 1977. No. He was a prodigy. Know. He was like a five-year-old prodigy. That's right. <laughs> yes, there you go. Okay, so, so Tom, I'm going to actually hit you with a serious question to, to get started. Wow. 
Uh, I know. I get. I'm gonna. It gets uh, go on He's the serious side. Listen, we've got um, <laughs> uh, uh, every year. We we hear all the hype about hurricanes and the big low pressure systems in the Atlantic, uh, and uh, uh, you know we we've got now these named uh, uh, winter storms coming through, but there just has never seemed to be the same level of hype the same level of interest but as your research is going to tell us tonight they can be every bit as deadly and every bit as scary um will will winter low pressure ever hmm. capture our imagination the way the the atlantic hurricane season does well you know i, I it's a good question I think if you live up north, particularly in snow country, places downwind of the Great Lakes, you've ever experienced one of those storms, it'll definitely capture your attention. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually uh, was intimately involved in, and uh, actually got stranded in uh, Messina, New York during the 93, the the, oh, yeah. uh, the big, yeah. uh, you remember the big uh, storm of the century in 93, that winter storm? I mean, I've never seen uh, entire houses buried in snow. And, you know, as you're going to talk about with the, the like, let's, let, maybe let's get into that. Yeah. 2022, right? Like, literally, the city, or portions of the city anyway, buried in the snow. Yeah, what's fascinating, give you some background, of course, Buffalo, the snow capital of the world, lake effect snow is unbelievable across that city. But Buffalo has winter savvy residents. They can take any of this. They're not going to worry about it. Heck, you get a big snowstorm like this, you just hunker down in your house. And back one year ago, just about to this day, they had a massive lake effect snowstorm in Buffalo over a three-day period. The airport picked up over three feet of snow. Wow. A community just south of Buffalo, aptly named Hamburg, New York, mm -hmm. they received in a three-day period 81 inches of snow. Oh, That's my goodness. Now, goodness. I want you to put that in perspective because through that entire event, there were, unfortunately two fatalities, both of them from heart attacks. Now that was November, one year ago today. Five weeks later, the National Weather Service began to put out warnings for another lake effect snowstorm. Well, my gosh, we're winter savvy residents in Buffalo, New York. How can this be any worse? I know it's going to be bad, but we're gonna get around. We've done it before. But this was one that produced a weather catastrophe. And I've talked about this a lot in my career. You get a whole bunch of weather elements that can come together, and each of them will cause an impact. Heavy snow, strong wind, uh, low temperatures, that whole genre of all of those factors. But you put them together in the wrong place and at the wrong time, and it's a straw that actually breaks that camel's back and produces a catastrophe. Going into Christmas holiday, the 23rd, 24th of September, it ended up being just that. My gosh, we just had this massive storm five weeks ago. Unfortunately, two deaths. This next storm in winter savvy Buffalo in 2022, with all the technology we have to communicate, right? right. Mm. There were 47 fatalities. That's crazy. Okay, That's and so, so Tom, what what are the and and not like? I don't want to go too uh, uh, gory here, but like, is it is, do the deaths happen because? 
uh, emer- the roads are so full of snow that emergency personnel can't get through. Are people dying of hypothermia? Like, what was the the cause of those deaths beyond winter storm? It was that combination of factors. Let me spell it out for you. You had three days of heavy snow, over 50 inches of snow in the city. You had unpre- the unprecedented snowfall, winds gusting over 40 miles an hour for 36 hours straight. Wow. Visibilities down to an eighth a mile or less for 41 hours straight. That's wow. insane. Wind chills below zero for 36 hours straight. Jeez. Wow. You combine all that and you end up with a catastrophe. Let me give you an idea. So that morning of the 23rd of December, you go to work at seven in the morning. The temperature's 37 degrees, light southerly wind, and a uh, little bit nice of light day in rain. Buffalo. That's yeah. Right. yeah, that's <laughs> it. I'd take that in Columbus, you know. I'd take that. Yeah. And at eight o'clock, one hour later, little rain and snow, 37 degrees. You're all at work now. You know that there's this lake effect storm coming, but we're pretty macho in Buffalo. We can get home from work if things get bad. The cold front comes through at about 820 that morning. By nine o'clock, the winds are gusting to 56 miles an hour. Holy cow. The wind chill is down to eight degrees and the visibility is down to an eighth of a mile. For the rest of the day, through that entire day, from 10 a.m. right through midnight, the visibility has dropped to zero. You were in a complete whiteout. At eight, uh, eight o'clock at night, the wind chill is down to 18 below zero. Now think about that. You probably wanted to leave work 11, 12 o'clock that afternoon. You get in your car, you start down the road, you can't see anywhere, traffic gets stuck in front of you, and now you were in a traffic jam. You're stuck. Well, oh, you, man. you saw it in scary. those pictures, Tom, right? Like you could yeah. see pictures of the streets and the roads where cars were just like in the road, but were snowed in. Like they got stuck at some point and yeah. then from that point forward couldn't move and no one behind them could. And not only that, you can't get out to go anywhere because guess what? You can't see. You're in a whiteout. Yeah. You're stuck in the car. The snow continues through the entire day, the entire day of Christmas Eve for 24 hours straight, the visibility at the Buffalo Airport was below an eighth of a mile. The wind chills through that entire day range between 11 below and 26 below zero. If you're stuck in your vehicle, by that time, you're out of gas, your cell wow. phone is dead, wow. the emergency personnel You're terrified. You're you. terrified you at that point. Yeah, yeah you're terrified. And so I found it amazing that this combination of factors could produce this type of result in, in this day and age. The straw that broke the camel's back as we talk about this, and I, I've mentioned it already, was the duration of this storm. Mm-hmm. If it was a 10-hour storm, six-hour storm, whatever that might be, you know, you hunker down, you get through it, and eventually you get home. But this went on for the better course of three days, similar to the most epic snowstorm that had hit Buffalo up to that point, the blizzard of 77. 29 people died in that storm. I never thought we'd see a repeat of that. But lo and behold, we have a whole new generation that hasn't experienced a storm like that. And in today's world, you think that you're safe wherever you go. You've got a cell phone. You've got this car that can get you just about anywhere. But you know what? Mother Nature still holds the upper hand. Which is so crazy to think about, Tom. Like, 
the the whole situation and when you were at the the national weather service office i actually read a lot of your scientific papers when i was going through grad school and one of the things when we see and we've seen lots of videos about this with how thin and narrow these like effect snow bands are can you tell us the how the development of buff kit or the buffalo toolkit came about and your part in that and so over the course of my career working at the buffalo weather office we constantly were trying to develop types of forecast aids that could pinpoint these mesoscale snowstorms. These are storms that occur on the scale of a summertime thunderstorm. The snow band may only be 10 to 15 miles wide at times. It's amazing. I remember being there in so many events where I would call my neighbor who was 10 miles away from me. And during the daytime, they'd be under sunny skies with green grass. While where I was sitting at that point, the snow was coming down at three inches an hour we had two feet of snow on the ground and couldn't see anywhere. Um, experiencing that type of small scale snowstorm is amazing. And Buffalo, New York's the king when it comes to that. I've said it in the past and I'll say it again. It is the snowiest populated city in the world uh, when you talk about lake effect snows. It can get the biggest impact storms. Places like Syracuse, New York, Marquette, a small location up on the UP Peninsula, they get more snow. But when Buffalo gets hit down that 200-mile fetch of Lake Erie with a snow band, it can really be major. Yeah, and what do you do? I mean, how do you, like, because, I mean, the people there, obviously, they know, you know, they've experienced lake effect snow, obviously not to that degree before, but they kind of understand it. But when you have a storm like that, yeah. else than shutting the city down and literally saying no one come to work everyone stop what you're doing because a mile can make all the difference between you seeing blue sky and you you know half a mile quarter of a mile literally or seeing you know three feet of snow and being trapped like is the solution to shut the city down because like small changes you know you could shut part of it down and then all of a sudden it, it goes a mile north and the people that are that are doing about their daily lives are are stuck you know hey, so, you, so we're we're recording right yeah, because I mean, cause Brady just had the best question he's ever uh, come up with on this show. <laughs> wow. That's remarkable. Way to go, Thanks, Brady. Greg. Yeah. Sorry, Tom, I, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, I sent him that question ahead of time. Brady, the check will be in the mail. Um, I got you, Tom. I got yeah, you. There we go. What's fascinating is in this situation, as well as, as uh, other weather catastrophes, the National Weather Service Office of Buffalo did a great job. They predicted the snow from this event. They even told people this could be a once in a generation storm. But here's where you got to think out of the box. I don't know that anybody was thinking, well, once that snow ban hits, yeah, people will be caught. But they never thought about the fact that, okay, it's going to last for this long. The temperature is going to drop this much. We're going to have wind chills are going to be this low. And all of that, when you're stuck outside, whether it's outside in a snowbank or in the car itself, that could kill you. And I, I, I think in many situations with weather catastrophes, you don't put together and connect those dots to take it to that last step where it actually falls apart and becomes this catastrophe. Um, the Atlanta snowmageddon that occurred several years ago where they got two inches of snow, guys. I was there when I worked it. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people were stuck on the roads for over 14 hours. Two Jeez. inches of snow. 
but it occurred at 11 o'clock in the morning on a day when the temperatures continued to drop through the day, through the 20s, traffic went out onto the streets. Everybody panicked as they do when it snows in the south. The cars went over the snow. The pressure from the tires melted it. Because it was that cold and roads are untreated in the south, it immediately froze up. And the entire city, which is hilly, by the way, turned into an ice rink. It's these factors that come together where the whole is much greater than the sum of the parts that cause weather catastrophes. The Buffalo Lake effect blizzard was one. Atlanta was another one. Think about Texas, Houston, with the amazing uh, freezing rain event that occurred and the power outages a couple of years ago. Again, a combination of factors at the wrong place and wrong time that produced the catastrophe. So, Tom, I, I don't know if any of the rest of you have seen the, the images. I remember seeing uh, aerial footage after the big storm in Buffalo. And what was remarkable to me was how you could you could literally see the band where this is where the lake effect snow was. And literally, you know, I don't know. And this is my question. What is that threshold of distance where you had sort of a nothing event to you know this ca catastrophe, how long? How wide was that? Was it half a mile, quarter mile, three miles, ten miles? What was the? What was it? Well, the snowland actually moved around over the course of three days, so it migrated to the north towns, moved to the south towns across that metropolitan area. But at any one point in time, that band was no more than about think of this, eight miles wide. <laughs> so wow, if you've ever been in that area, and you're on the north side of the band you actually see a wall of snow coming at you. So it really is more like a thunderstorm than it is a hurricane, right? Like it's, it's, it's oh, really, yes. a, 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 like, you, like you stated, a mesoscale event as opposed to the, this big synoptic event. Absolutely. It's a large synoptic scale low that sets up the conditions over the Great Lakes. But that wind direction down an elliptically shaped lake, a nice long lake, right. produces this very thin band of snow. And I, I liken it to when, when the winds blow across the short fetch of the lake, it's like taking a sprinkler and putting it on mm -hmm. the lawn, right? These little uh, bands of snow that are occurring, yeah, they could produce some snow, but they're not, they're not real intense. You take that wind and bring it down an elliptically shaped lake and produce this mega band of snow. It's like taking the nozzle of that hose and turning it so it's that stream. And then if the wind stays out of one direction for several hours, it's like not moving that hose. You just keep it over one area. Wow. And that area is Buffalo, New York. I, I remember. So, Greg, you mentioned that. I remember seeing webcams like live webcams of buffalo where you could see the city and you could see exactly where it was yeah. snowing i think in the i webcam saw that and too, where it though, wasn't yeah. too it it was yeah. mm -hmm. it was amazing i yeah. can't even imagine yeah. being stuck in my car not only being yeah, be... stuck in there but knowing like i'm separated from my family i don't know if they're okay they don't know if i'm okay the cold just killed not only my phone my battery I, you know, I mean, run out of I gas. Do? I would see yeah. like I would probably just start my car a couple times every once in a while, warm it up. Yeah. Turn it back off. Well, and you got to watch for carbon monoxide poisoning because the snow's building <laughs> up on the outside of the car. I'll give you a quick personal story from someone I know up in Buffalo. They, although I told them to stay home, 
decided to take one of their work friends back to her place on the south side of the city. They drove into the snow band, dropped this lady off, started to head home, got stuck in a snowbank, and now looked at each other and said, what are we going to do? Wow. This, this person knew a realtor, called the realtor who had a house in that area for sale, one block from where they were stuck in their car. They got out of their car, got to the house, went and used the key code for the code she gave them and spent the night in that vacant house that wow. fortunately still wow. had heat and that saved their lives. I was oh going to say that had to save their life right yeah. there. That's, That's a crazy story. It's, it's really something. And again, um, you know, I've been in many of these storms throughout my life up there. And most of the storms, you hunker down, you get your food, you get your supplies, and it turns into a party for a lot of people. You I was just going to your... say, you must be a ton of fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> you have your your neighbors come over because nobody can go anywhere, but right. you can walk, you know, in the neighborhood. And uh, I've been in situations where we stood outside in zero uh, visibility, all with our beverage of choice in some cases the beverage is freezing after uh, a few minutes while you're out <laughs> what yeah and it's not like you're going drink drinking and driving anywhere right that's that's correct yeah, you're but, not um, car to the parking lot you know if if you've never seen it have never been in it um it i talk about winter as being a surreal world it is that uh it's that season on earth where everything changes. It's it's like being on another planet. Can you imagine coming from the equator and seeing snow like that for the first time? Um, again, it's it's like being on another world. I remember being a kid, Tom, and I, I imagine you have this same experience, right? Being a kid, you got that big dump of snow. You got, you know, 18 inches of snow on the ground. You're bundled up in your your, your <laughs> snow suit from head to toe. You got a scarf wrapped around. You got your gloves on. And you're walking around out in the snow as if you're like a spaceman on another planet, you know, and you're building your – I mean, it really is. It was. It, you're, you're right. It's it's magical time. And, uh, I mean, like I, I, I just – I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. You're the best guest this year for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't want to take care of any, any take away anything from any other guests, but Phil, uh, can we just just chalk this up as the best show of the year yeah. so far? Let's just. So, I, Tom, I've got a question about: was has there been any studies, any kind of uh, social psychological study Ooh. done on that storm yet from people that were trapped in it or were involved to just get the mentality of what were they thinking about that day going into it? I, I know there's been several interviews that have been done from my NOAA colleagues. There's a lot of social scientists that are coming into this whole game of weather forecasting in the last decade or so. And I know that they have uh, obviously looked into this as well. Again, communication and getting that message out there is the most important part. And you have to separate the garden variety storms and events from those that take it to a catastrophe. That's the communication that has to occur between the weather agencies, the TV stations, Twitter, whatever it might be, and the public, those who are getting that message. And until we can understand that, we may still see catastrophes like this. And by the way, AI's coming into play now. That's yeah. a big buzzword, isn't it? Can you imagine putting societal impacts, the time of day, the day of week, the population, 
how many cars go out on the road at a certain time of day. And having those programs running in the background that put alerts out for, hey, this ain't a garden variety event anymore. Is, mm. is that what you think the communication wise could have been a little different going into it? Um, or or yeah. did we really know going into it that it, it wasn't going to be a garden variety storm? You know, they, and again, my weather service colleagues at Buffalo are the best in the business when it comes sure. to lake effect snow yep. forecasting. But I've made that mistake in my career. And it's not that they made a mistake. I think when you're in the heat of battle, much of the forecast discussion talked about the amounts of snow because that's the big parameter, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't think anybody connected the dots that you're going to have that snow with that wind, with those wind chills, and it's going to last for that duration. And that's where we need to improve that the communication. How much lead time was there, Tom, uh, with that storm in particular? There was at least five days of lead time. Wow. This really? Was going to really? Be a major wow. event. Three days ahead of the storm, one of the lead forecasters at Buffalo, a good friend of mine, in his forecast discussion, wrote that this was going to be a once-in-a-generation event for one of the snowiest places in the world. So yeah, and and I mean, you're, saying, you're saying that was three days ahead of time? Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And I mean, like, I, like I almost would equate this to to almost like an F five tornado, right? And, and it, we, they always, the forecasters always don't want to say like, you know, there's some cases where you shouldn't even, you can't even shelter, you because you won't even be able to survive these things. Yeah. Like be, because ultimately, then you have people going on the roads and, and it becomes a hazard. But for something like this, is there ever an instance where we would say as forecasters, hey, this this might not be survivable, even if you are in your home. Right? Is would there ever be a, a a a reason for us to say, "Hey, we need to you need to get out of the way," right? I, I and I know that's extreme, but I don't know. How? Yeah. How do you play that card? And if you play the card, and the lake effect snow band ends up ten miles 10 south miles. of where the population yeah. is, yeah. Then, then you are uh, you will You're not. Done. That's it. Your reputation is shot. That's a good point. And that's what makes it so difficult in these mesoscale or small scale lake effect events. I've always, when I've trained people, I've always said the forecast not only has to tell people where it's going to snow, but where it's not going to snow so they Mm -hmm. can plan. And in so many of these events, as the winds shift by as little as 10 to 15 degrees, that band goes from one neighborhood to another, from one part of the town to another. And for most snow savvy Buffalo residents, they know enough to say, you know what, let's just hunker down. We stop life the way it is for a couple of days and we wait that out. We'd be patient and we'll be back out there soon. Tom, that's a slippery slope just because you've been in TV. We worked together for a long time. I mean, there's so many little pieces that come together and one piece can make a big change. 10 miles you mentioned the 10 mile like i've seen it where these bands set up and we do the radar loops and you know you just see it fluctuate and then like 20 miles to the south nothing yeah so people think well i didn't see it or you know it's overplayed and then they don't believe you or they think they're savvy enough to get by and it's like that communication is the key and it's a lot of people like how do you put yourself out there and say, I mean, I've always thought about them. Like, hey, if this was my me and my family, this is what I would do. But you still can't get people to always listen to you. Yeah. 
No. And after every single event, the four, you, you want to know why I don't have any hair? It's because I work in the <laughs> Buffalo weather office. After every one of these. Tom, ladies, I think it's because you look great. That's why I think you're ba- bald and beautiful. Embracing. Yeah. Thank you. And I'll put another check in the mail as soon as I can <laughs> for that. But after every event, we go back and review it. What did we do wrong? What could we do better? And again, because of the scale of this weather on such a small scale, it's very, very difficult to accurately predict it all of the time. Mm-hmm. Tom, there's a great question uh, here from, or not question, comment uh, from Buffalo Snow King from YouTube. Don't you love that uh, handle? Yeah. <laughs> uh, five days of lead time. They let everyone go to work that morning. Then at 9 a.m., after we were all at work, the government shut the city down and told us all to go home. Poor emergency management. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I can't comment on the emergency management side of it, but certainly from a communication standpoint, if there was three to five days lead time, it does seem like somebody dropped, dropped the, ball. the ball. It just feels yeah. it feels like if 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 you've got smart people with no hair and they're and they're uh, you know and they're they're telling the community Thanks, this is a generational <laughs> event or potentially a generational event and nobody does anything about it until the snow actually starts. That just feels like a, a mistake to me. It it is a little disconcerting um, to go back and review some of the steps that were taken by uh, the city of Buffalo uh, emergency management. Uh, The county had their game together. And when I was in charge of the office in Buffalo, and to this day, it's still done in National Weather Service offices across the U.S., there is constant communication with emergency management services. Uh, They were briefed well ahead of time by the weather office. I'm certain of that. But there oftentimes can be disconnects between city governments and county governments. Everybody's their own little king, aren't they? And mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. That's just human nature. And I think, again, this is one of these situations where they had to put their pride in their pocket and go back and take a look at what they did wrong there. Because, unfortunately, the consequences were, were deadly right. in so many Tragic. cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never did understand either why, like I've been in Lake Effect regions, I've lived there, I grew up there, I lived in New Hampshire, I remember getting in a big snowstorm and being on the highway and then shutting the highway down while you're on it. Well, like, and then you can't get off. It, it was a Lake Effect snowstorm several years ago that prodded the New York state government uh, to finally recognize that things had to be done on interstates and then all interstate exits around the Buffalo area through Western New York, and it may be on the interstate I-90 throughout the state now, there are gates that can come down and close off the entrances and exits so there can be some control as to how you monitor and and manage the highway so you don't get these massive uh, uh, traffic jams that occur in situations like this. That's one thing that came out of a storm. I think it occurred about seven or eight years ago. Um, that I've seen. Well, I'll tell you what, we're uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to be right back with more from Tom after this flashback of Brady's Storm School. So stay tuned. Wow. It's a long time ago. Don't miss Vintage Stormfront Freaks. This one here, we do, we do have a few dents in the new Suburban, but my truck, I, that, that hood's a trophy. You might as well put two GoPros on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what it looks like. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to run this that. thing into a tornado, and then they all start laughing. Good. You'll, you'll be the only sober one by the end of the night. 
Hello once again guys, I'm Brady, and on this week's episode of Storm School, we're going to take a look at snow ratios, exactly what they mean. Um, you know, what is a snow ratio? What does that mean for a winter storm? What does that mean for a clipper system that's going to come through? How much snow does that mean we're going to get? Um, and exactly um, what the precise thing that is that causes a snow ratio to either be higher or lower. You know, sometimes uh, meteorologists will say, yeah, you know, this system's going to come in. It's going to have some heavy wet snow. The snow ratio is going to be a little bit lower this time, which means we might not get as much snow. Um, or vice versa in other cases. I'll get into that as well. All right, let's get into the storm school. So what exactly is snow ratio um, or snow liquid, basically the snow liquid equivalent? So the average snow liquid equivalent is around 10 to 1. And what that means is for every 10 inches of snow, if you were to melt it, that would equal one inch of rain. So Take, for example, you double that, and now it's 20 to 1. That means for every 20 inches of snow, that equals 1 inch of rain. So what that means is if you get a storm that comes through, a snowstorm that comes through, with the higher snow ratio, and you know, say instead of 10 to 1, you have a 20 to 1 snow ratio, that means that for the same amount of precipitation, say you're getting 1 inch from that storm, you'll be getting 20 inches of snow instead of 10 inches of snow like you would if you had a 10 to 1 snow ratio. That, you know, that, the same principle applies to if you get a storm that has a 5 to 1 snow ratio, you're going to get less snow than you would if you had a 10 to 1 snow ratio. So that's basically what, um, what a snow ratio is. Now how is it determined? So basically um, you want surface temperatures that are below freezing. That's the first criteria because if you have surface temperatures that are above freezing, then those snowflakes are going to melt as they come through the atmosphere and either fall as freezing rain or melts on contact with the ground and that's not going to allow snow to accumulate. So you want surface temperatures below freezing. Now the second criteria you want is you want a thick layer of below freezing temperatures for the snowflakes to fall in, specifically at the 850 millibar level. I know this is getting a little sciencey. Hang with me, guys. So 850 millibars is um, basically above the surface. It's it's um, not near the surface of the Earth, but um, it's it's not too high up in the atmosphere. Um, it's pretty close to the surface, actually. Um, you want those temperatures to be between negative 12 degrees Celsius and negative 18 degrees Celsius. Now, why is this? That is basically the precise area um, where snowflakes grow to be their biggest. It's called dendrite growth zone. Um, that's, that basically causes those snowflakes to be um, as big as they can be and, and to accumulate as much ice and water vapor on them as well. It has something to do with the uh, saturation vapor pressure, but we're not going to get into that. If you want to get into that, you can look it up. Um, it's, it gets pretty technical and sciencey. So I'm going to keep it basic here. So basically, um, you want those 850 millibar temperatures to be between negative 12 degrees Celsius and negative 18 degrees Celsius, because that causes those snowflakes to grow as big as they possibly can. And then you want that layer below 850 millibars, all the way down to 900 to the surface, um, to be below freezing as well, so that those snowflakes do not melt. Um, and what kind of storms do you see these types of snow ratios in? You know, if if you have say a 850 millibar temperature of negative 15 degrees Celsius, you know, you'll usually find those in some Alberta clipper type systems where it's very, very cold, because that's pretty cold for 850 millibars. 
Um, so, so you want those Alberta clipper systems that bring in some of the very cold Arctic air. That's why sometimes, you know, in, in Ohio and in the Midwest, you'll see some of these systems that come down that don't have very much precipitation with them, but it'll drop a couple inches of snow because the snow ratio is very high. Now, on the flip side, if you get a strong low pressure system coming up from the south um, that's swinging into, you know, the lower Ohio Valley or um, off the coast, um, a bomb cyclone that bombs out. That's from our last storm school. Um, that, that's have the, some very strong warm um, air advection. That's basically bringing in warm air from the south, um, not only at the surface but also at the higher levels of the atmosphere. Then that 850 millibar temperature will really increase, and that's going to cause your snow ratios to often go, you know, below 10 to 1, even 5 to 1. That's when you get the heavy wet snow that even though there's a lot of precipitation coming down, it doesn't accumulate as much as it you would in a um, colder um, scenario. So that's kind of the basic of what a snow ratio is when you hear a meteorologist say the average snow ratio is 10 to 1. That's what we do usually um, to make it easier on us as meteorologists and to kind of make it easier on the public. That's kind of the average we usually assume, but there are certain cases where we have to assume other snow ratios because it's it's just such a different scenario. So that's what a snow ratio is. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, let's get back to the podcast. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Tom Nizzle, as we talk about, you know, the upcoming... Winter season, there's no crystal ball that's going to tell us exactly what's going to happen. But the big talk is El Nino, so maybe you yeah. can uh, help help uh, basic basically people like me, according to Brady. Basically, uh, what El Nino? <laughs> Nino. Tell, tell me what? How is that gonna, or how can that affect our winter season? That's uh, yeah, a great question. And El Nino, it's the uh, El Nino, the uh, El Nino Southern Oscillation. Um, when you talk about El Nino, it's the warm phase of the equatorial waters uh, somewhere to the west of South America. Um, I'm going to keep it simple like that. It's on a very Thank large you. scale. <laughs> Damn As, you, Phil. And with the waters warmer than normal across this large area of the equatorial Pacific, uh, the eastern equatorial Pacific, that has a huge influence on the weather that's produced in the atmosphere in that area, specifically a lot of thunderstorm activity. That thunderstorm activity then has an influence on the jet stream. And when we're in a El Nino pattern, as we are going to be this winter, in fact, not just an El Nino, but a strong El Nino, we see a stronger southern jet stream across the United States. And what that does is it brings more moisture to the south and the southeastern U.S., now, across the rest of the U.S., it's typically warmer than normal and drier than normal. Uh, 
typically more of a mild winter for much of the United States. But here's the caveat, and this is where snow lovers like myself like to look at what the potential could be. If you've got a, southern, a strong southern jet stream in the U.S., it's going to be a lot of weather systems that move across the southern U.S. that eventually will begin to work their way up the east coast of the U.S. One of those juicy systems encounters cold air, and there are going to be cold air outbreaks that will come down from Canada, even in a warm season of winter, in an El Nino season. If you can combine those two together, you can gin up a whopper of a northeastern snowstorm. And we've seen this in past seasons where we've had strong El Ninos across the United States. And so overall, what I'm looking at is the better potential for snowstorm activity that runs from the Appalachians up through the mid-Atlantic and Northeast. Um, and, uh, you know, that's for, that's for someone who has wishful thinking and is a mm. snow lover. And there is a low down there moving up, but it looks like it, last time I looked, it looked like it was far enough off the coast. Well, what's fascinating. Some crazy stuff in Florida. Yeah, think about it. Over the last several weeks, how many low pressure systems have come out of that southern jet stream to put rain into the northeast? New York City went through how many weekends in a row of heavy oh, rainfall? Like eight or nine? Yeah. yeah. And, and don't forget, it's just not El Nino, that pattern that modulates the winter weather across the U.S., there are high latitude factors that come into play as well. Uh, the Arctic Oscillation, polar vortex, uh, the, the uh, snow cover increase in Siberia during the latter part of October that can begin to modulate the jet stream pattern across North America as we go into the winter. It's an extremely complicated set of factors that modulate winter across the continent. I personally am not a fan of seasonal forecasting because what comes out of those forecasts and has to be regurgitated for the general public doesn't end up helping the public in many respects. And um, and and so I, I tread cautiously when I talk about any type of seasonal So forecast. So you don't buy the farm, farmer's almanac? Yeah, cold and icy, <laughs> that's a good forecast, right? There's hey, Tom, you, had mentioned, you yeah. had mentioned the polar vortex. I'm old enough to remember when we called that winter. Uh, no, Greg. When, no, when, Greg. When did polar vortex become a thing? And is it, can you maybe expand on that? A little? Is it a real thing? Should we be saying that? Or, or should is, oh. it, is, it, is it just winter? Well, absolutely. Um, that has been in scientific journals for decades upon decades. Um, the media, Yeah, the media gets a hold of some of these terms and runs with yes. them and all of a sudden it sells advertising doesn't it mm -hmm. my gosh there's a polar vortex there's a uh polar vortex that occurs uh across the south pole as well it's it's not as intense as what we see in the north pole and um there are different polar vortices that we talk about as scientists there's a stratospheric level of a polar vortex and then what translates down into the troposphere or the part of the atmosphere where the sensible weather takes place, the one that's kind of connected to the ground here. Um, so uh, a good friend and colleague of mine, Judah Cohen, you probably, many yeah. of you be familiar mm -hmm. with him. He is the guru when it comes to talking about what goes on at these higher latitudes and how these factors can modulate the winter. And Judah is talking about a stretched polar vortex that is going to be 
working its way down into mid-latitudes over the next week and a half to two weeks into the latter part of November. And lo and behold, we get into the middle of the next week. And guess what we're going to see across the northeast United States? It's not good. Colder yeah. air. That's not good. Oh. And even better, lake effect snow. So right. um, I'm starting to get anxious and I'm starting to get excited because um, I get to monitor my favorite type of weather. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the winter plays out. And by the way, th there's a lot of talk about what happens in the Northeast during El Nino winters. And there are a lot of factors and statistics that state that it's snowier during an El Nino winter along the north northeastern part of the United States in, in many of these uh, situations. But what fascinates me is when you get a place like Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia, where their total annual snowfall is somewhere around 18 to 24 inches, all it takes is one big storm to put that kind of snow down across a city like that. And that skews the numbers, doesn't it? You can have a really mild winter, but all it takes is one storm. People are going to remember that. Oh, right. yeah, the winter of 09 and 10. Yeah, we had those two nor'easters. It was a terrible winter. 90% of the time, it may have been above normal in temperature, but mm. we're human beings and we deal with things like this. So um, it's just a fascinating topic to talk about. Now we're talking, Tom, you know, I'm, I'm a snow lover too. And, and uh, you know, we're due. The Northeast is due. Ohio's due. You know, I, I grew up Ohio into the Northeast too. Maybe we can get some snow. If you guys get a lot, maybe we can get a little bit too. Because just a cold winter without any snow is no fun. So anyway, yeah. go ahead, Jen. Thanks, guys. I love you guys. I'm going to get a question in at one point, Tom. I really am. <laughs> um, so, Tom, you know I'm a fellow upstate New Yorker. I grew up in Rochester, which unfortunately is on the wrong side of where you want to be. I remember when I was a little girl and we'd watch, you know, Buffalo, Syracuse. They'd get all the lake effect snow and we're on the south side of the lake. So we would have to have that northerly wind to make that happen. But we did have the ice storm of 1991. And I want to talk about ice just a little bit and ice forecasting and what you can tell future meteorologists and meteorologists now about what it's like, you know, the things that you really need to focus on and remember when it comes to ice storm forecasting. Ice storms, in my mind, are the single most impactful winter element that can occur. And it's fascinating when you look at precipitation type in winter storms and how very slight changes in the temperature of that column of air above you can mean everything as far as an impact from a storm. Uh, ice storms occur when you get those snowflakes way up in the clouds, come down, and they fall through a warm layer of air that melts the snowflakes into raindrops. They continue to fall down through that warm air, but when they get down near the ground, there's oftentimes this real shallow, thick molasses-type layer of cold air that's sitting there. Those raindrops fall into that cold air. It's so shallow, they don't have time to refreeze, but they hit the ground and everything around them that's below 32 degrees, and they instantly freeze up into a glaze of ice. The, late, the ice storm in 1991 in western New York and Rochester in particular was devastating. One to two inches of ice buildup on oh. trees and limbs and power lines. It produced tremendous damage across the area. And who can forget the ice storm in 1998 up through northern New York State into Quebec? It Quebec, yeah. tremendous damage up in Quebec. I remember seeing images and photos of the 
a huge power line uh, transmission towers. towers. Yes, yeah. that were just crumbled. It looked no like kidding. the war of the world. Wow, crazy. Storm. Ice storms, in my mind, are the single most impactful type of winter weather. And um, I've done a lot of presentations on that. Maybe someday we'll come back, get together, and talk okay. about uh, yeah. how those can occur. Well, as the president of the as the president of the Tom Nizzle uh, fan club, uh, I'm going to you may be the president. I'm the CEO. I'm going to lobby Phil to make sure maybe we have a a special show just dedicated to ice storms uh, in the in the future. Tom, I I would love to hear about that. Phil doesn't think that you're as good a guest as I do, but (laughs) I am. I am. uh, I'm a huge, huge fan. Sorry. Go ahead. Thank you so much. And Greg, man, I got to put another check out there in the mail. Them no, them no. Tom, so, is there, is there like a, is there a, um, with, with a specific ice storm, is there, is there, um, like a, a threshold where you're like, okay, you know, like 0.2 inches is, uh, it's bad. Obviously it's a combination of uh, ice and wind, right? Cause that, that, you know, usually th- those things, they come together, but what's like your threshold that takes it from like, you know, bad to, you know, catastrophe, like you were saying. In many cases in national weather service warnings are set up for ice storms. Typically once you get beyond a half an inch of accumulation onto structures, so a half inch of freezing rain comes down, then you bump it up to an ice storm warning. When you get to that level, you begin to see structures failing under that load of ice, tree limbs and power lines. And that's when things get really crazy. Take a look at what happened in Texas uh, a couple of years ago now, was it in yeah. February with that ice event? Um, it it uh, produced enough weight on the trees and power lines to bring them down. And then what happened after that, folks? We had two days of extremely cold weather. There you go. Duration came into play again and turned an ice event into a catastrophe across that state. Uh, All right, time. break. Make room for Jen, everybody. Jen's got a question. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't Look read the out. chat. Look out. <laughs> you guys so much um, I, I've been trying to get questions in all night um and Tom I love you too you know I'm a huge fan of you we've ice skated together next time when you're in what Atlanta. you guys have ice skated together yes, yes we have yes. that is it awesome was, yeah it was epic and, and amazing that's right and, and Jen you do a great pirouette <laughs> oh wow i try i really try and tom's joking about that because i'm terrible but um but i do want to talk about really quick to touch on your snowflake photography um that that you do um which is absolutely fascinating can you just give a couple of tips if someone's trying to take some photographs of the snowflakes okay so if you've never seen a snowflake up close it, it is absolutely amazing and if if you have the ability to take something dark, like a dark piece of felt, your fleece jacket outside on a day where the winds are really calm so the snowflakes don't get fractured and break apart. And it's cold enough outside to have these little individual crystals fall. Put that black uh, cloth down on a surface and get real close to it. Take your iPhone, get right up to it closely or better yet a magnifying glass and look closely at the structures, the amazing sculptures that Mother Nature produces when they make these snow crystals and snowflakes. I've been photographing them for the last 10 or 15 years. After, um, after I did some work, 
on the original plates from Snowflake Bentley, a farmer in Vermont back in the 1800s that took thousands of photographs of snowflakes. And, um, and uh, ever since I got hooked on that, that's my hobby in the wintertime. It's artwork. I, it is. It's stunning. I love it. So, hey, I'm, I'm president of the Tom Nizzle iPhone ah. fan club, just Whoa. so you guys know. Oh. iPhone. Uh, way to go. But, hey, so that is the sound, Tom. It is time for our lightning round. And this is our game show of flashy and brilliant, sometimes chilly questions. Uh, for I don't know where that came <laughs> oh, from. Oh, God. I is just, this Frozen theme, Phil? Is this going to be like it's Frozen not. 1 or Frozen? Okay, it's thank not. goodness. Um, but uh, so tonight, tonight we're going to play a, a fun game, uh, kind of good for the holiday. I'm calling this bloated on Thanksgiving. All right, so Thanksgiving, everybody knows, uh, at least here in the States, um, of Thanksgiving. I know, Greg, you probably are, are not going to be able to participate in this game because you're Canada in Canada. Wait, Canada doesn't do Thanksgiving? No. We do. It's in what? Yeah. yeah. What's what do you call what? it though? It's something different. Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, it's what? not. It is. It, it is. is. You guys, you guys call it Thanksgiving, but there you yes. go. And we all know Monday it in, in the, October. We know right? it in the states because it occurs during Columbus Day weekend. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Little lesson there for everybody. Uh, but anyway, so Thanksgiving Day, one of the one of the uh, traditions here in the states is Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, to kind of start off the Tom, you're shaking your head. That's so... I'm, not, I'm not into flying puppets, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, this is you know, I'm with you. your it's night. Creepy. This is your night, Tom. So, so bloated on Thanksgiving, I'm gonna go through a list and of characters. And Tom, your goal is to tell me: is this character part of the 2023 balloons on on Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade or not? Like, is this going to be one of those big, massive balloons that go down New York streets and are are held down by fifty to a hundred <laughs> people, uh, or not? Good. So, so we're trying to identify: is this balloon going to be in this year's parade? Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Unfortunately, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, here's the thing: our freaks they they can help you out. They can chime in and let you know if they think this is going to be one of them or not. Uh, maybe you've never heard of this character. That might be the case, right, for some of these. So so we're going to start this off. The first character I want you to tell me, if you think this is going to be one of those massive balloons in the parade, is Bluey. Bluey. Well, who's Bluey? Who's yeah. Bluey? Uh, I, believe he, I believe he's Reddy's brother, Bluey and Reddy. Uh, I'm going to go with a yes. Wow. That's correct. Blue, the guy so from it's like a dog. It's like a Disney dog or something like that. No. Well, it's so a... adorable. It's the most it's the cutest little kid show. Like it's um Australian and it's so adorable. I have a t shirt that okay. says Mum sorry. It's an Australian the... dog. He's a dingo. He's a dingo. Oh, okay. dingo. Somebody ate my dingo. Somebody ate my baby. Oh, oh dingo no. ate my baby. It's, it's going off the rails. It's going off the rails. Right, here we right, go. Here's, here, here's the next one, Tom. Uh, Grogu. I know him as Baby Yoda, but yeah. Grogu from Star Wars. Uh, is he going to be a balloon in the parade? I hope so. Well, he should be, shouldn't he? I mean, he yeah. should. If, if he isn't, then I protest. I, yes. I'm going on record. I'm going to go yes because I just would love to see that. 
Nice. Wow, nice. he is. Am I watching now? He's That'll huge. be a massive, massive He's baby really Yoda. All right, wow. here's the next one. Towley from South Park. Towley. <laughs> you know, I guess I better not comment on that, but I'll just say that, yeah, probably have to let him pass this year. <laughs> oh, oh no. wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Phil. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, We're you're live, correct. Phil. We're live, Phil. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Phil wanted it the other way. He wanted it the other way. Well, that was the South Park. Yeah, bonus. I just, yeah. I want to, okay. yep. Yeah, I don't know if South Park's a really family-friendly uh, uh, show there. But <laughs> all right, here's the next one. Uh, Pokemon's Pikachu and Eevee. Pikachu well, and Eevee, I think probably. is how it's pronounced. I don't know. Isn't that a standard? I mean, it sounds I like it. Probably. Yeah, I, I, I'm good with that. Go all for Pikachu. All right, yeah. four for four. Tom, We're four right, for four. Nailing uh, Okay, here's one. Ronald McDonald. Uh, a, a Ronald McDonald. Yeah, that's worldwide known, I would imagine. That's not a cartoon floats? character. When was the yeah. last time this, this has Ronald to be a balloon. Actually, These are all balloons. No. I, he's in no. witness protection right now. Yeah. No, my, <laughs> my big fear is if there's any wind, those feet would blow all over the place. Yeah, so right. uh, right. I'm going to go with a no on Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, what? he is. He's going to oh, be in the parade. McDonald's has got to be paying them a ton of money just getting Whoa. that off. You know? Clowns yeah. are so scary. Nobody they likes are. clowns anymore. Yeah. Oh. I don't want that. All right, here's the next one. Okay. Uh, DC Comics Deathstroke. DC Comics Deathstroke. Is he going to be uh, one of the Oh, ones? Deathstroke. Well, oh, um, I'm going to say that cool. anything with the word death in it probably shouldn't be in the space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh, I'm 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 gonna go no again. Correct. Oh, he's, wow. he's not. He's he's not scared. He might have a float, but he's not gonna be a balloon. Phil, Phil are you yeah. a DC Comics guy? Is that why that one eked its way in there? No, I, uh, the Deathstroke. Uh, something something with Deathstroke hit me. I don't know what it was. I was thinking of comic book characters, and and I thought yeah, the Deathstroke. There's no way in hell they're gonna have Deathstroke. <laughs> All right, uh, Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead. No, wow. they're kind of they made a school. resurgence. Yeah, they did, but I, I just again family friendly. Um, I'm with Tom. Okay, I'm gonna have to say no again. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. They they didn't make it to the uh, balloon parade. Not that I wouldn't uh, want to see them, but yeah, correct, correct. Okay, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and Gary. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I Who's mean, Gary? A, that's a given. What Bill? Who's Gary? I, I know who SpongeBob is. I don't know who Gary, Gary the is. Snail. He's Gary. Okay. He's SpongeBob yeah, Snail. Yeah, no, no question. Absolute two thumbs up. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's sure. it. Yeah. All right, here's exactly. one. Acorn. An acorn. Uh, <laughs> an acorn. I know they've got an oak tree in the parade, but uh, I love Phil's smile right now. An acorn. Why? I mean, you just threw that in there, didn't you? I'm gonna have to go no. <laughs> No, there is there is gonna be a, an acorn balloon. I guess it's a Macy's like logo or Macy's thing is an okay. acorn, maybe. Okay. I don't know. That's not well, isn't it? I mean, it said Macy's. Wow, <laughs> it's not. Tom, I don't know if you know what you just did right there, but that's very good. Did that's you impressive. guys hear Tom there? That was oh like, yeah, it's nice. Oh, we yeah, did. It's nice. It was good. It was good. That 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 was I'm good. Sorry. All right, um, here we go. Good old Woody Woodpecker. 
Woody the Woody Woodpecker. I love that Boy. name, by the way. Yeah, that just takes me back around, to though. my childhood. Da, 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 da. Um, That's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with a yes because he should be in. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. I think they're just, they're worried or they're worried about putting a, a woodpecker, like a woodpecker <laughs> named Woody is yeah. maybe not I mean, family friendly. I don't know. I was thinking, wow. We all grew up with it. Where does your head go, Phil? Wait, what is that show? What is that? What is he from? What show is that from? Woody, Woody Woodpecker. Woody Woodpecker. That was a show. Oh, that was just a show? show. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. a cartoon. When, when I, yeah, when we were little. You were so out. just so you know, Tom, uh, Brady's 18. What did he yeah. do? Did he just go around and just like peck at trees? I mean, so, what's the show here? So the theme song where he went, da 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 that you don't not nah, nobody no you gotta be my no, i got okay here we go the pills we got two more the pillsbury doughboy <laughs> that would be fun if it was the ghostbusters yeah. <laughs> oh gosh again i think a big I, massive doughboy i think he's <laughs> Too old. This is a, a generation or two removed. Yeah, I'm, I'm go, dumping yeah. them. No. Yes. No. Yes. He is. Oh, he is he new is. for 2020. Like he's a new oh, balloon. Okay. They're bringing wow. out Doughboy. Jen, I'm balloon. sorry. I didn't mention <laughs> you. Because they do have the Ghostbusters. Yeah, too. Ghostbusters. You're right. Sort you. of. Yeah, Marshmallow. It was a Marshmallow. Jen was man, on that it's one. Jen was all over that one. Still yeah. close. Stay puffed, Marshmallow. But yeah, it's still close. I mean, you see a massive doughboy coming yeah. down New York. You're thinking Ghostbusters. It's gonna all make right, me Tom, hungry. Here's, here's the last one. Last oh, one. Thank God. Uh, Trojan Man. Ooh. Trojan oh. Man is uh, is he? Is this a condom ad? Is that what? Is that like? Is that what? <laughs> I. He's not coming out of the bottom of a horse, is he? I, no, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't believe so. I, um, you know, there's so much I could say about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, thumbs down on that one. Yeah, that is that is correct. Uh, Trojan Man is not going to be a massive balloon, uh, at least not in the Macy's Thanksgiving well, Day Parade. Correct. But uh, hey, so, Tom, that was awesome. Uh, do us a favor, if you would, and tell our listeners and viewers uh, how they can follow you, where where they can find you, and uh, talk about your snowflakes too, where yeah. they can see those. Those are great. Well, thank you. I mean, you certainly can follow me at Fox Weather as our winter weather specialist. I'll probably be on next week, eight, nine, ten in the morning. Uh, I'll give you a little science and entertainment on winter weather uh, on uh, Twitter or. What was known as Twitter or X on social media, it's Tom Nizzle. And my uh, Facebook page, because I'm still old enough to use one of those, is uh, also just uh, you can search Tom Nizzle. And, um, yeah, I throw a lot of stuff on there, including snowflakes as they appear this winter, and I photograph them for you all. And even though it's Nizzle like drizzle, it's spelled N-I-Z-O-I-L. Nope. I-O-L. N-I-Z-I-O-L. Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, a good last name. And the last tidbit, uh, the official Polish pronunciation of my name is Nijo. So, Dziękuję and uh, Nostrovia. Bless you. Cheers. All right. So, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're going to take our final break. Don't forget you can find Stormfront Freaks merchandise this holiday season exclusively at helicity.co. So yeah, Helicity is the dream store for weather geeks. Uh, you've got t-shirts, drink containers. You can shop our entire Stormfront Freaks catalog. 
and get our exclusive 10% discount for the holidays when you enter the promo code SFF for Stormfront Freaks. So just go ahead and visit helicity.co. It's the weather superstore for the freaking you, and it's also going to be your favorite holiday shopping destination. So we're going to be coming back with our hashtag weather fools and, of course, weather trollbot 5000. So we'll catch you then. Stay tuned. You do. Hi, this is Extreme Meteorologist Reed Timmer, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Welcome back to the show. I don't know if anyone saw that, but Phil just had a bit of a crazy face. Anyway, well, guys, who are we? We're the Stormfront Freaks. What is this segment? Well, this is Weather Fools. Now, for those of you that don't know or are just a little forgetful, what is the Weather Fools? The Weather Fools is us as the freaks. We're going on the internet. We're going on the dark web. Phil loves to say that. Phil is the president of the dark web. I know he hates when I say that, but I'm going to say it every <laughs> single time. Anyway, we're looking for people that did something not so smart, and it deals with the weather. I understand we have some overachievers tonight. We have a lot of people that weren't so smart when it deals with the weather. Phil, let's have you go first. Who are your weather fools? It's not the dark web. Uh, Brady, I don't look at the dark Listen, web. you're the president, tools, but, so you tell uh, me. So, hey, this is, uh, you guys heard of Stranger Things, right? I call this Stranger Things Season 5. Uh, but this is an upside-down waterfall. You might have seen this. Uh, it's coming from the U.K. where the wind was so extreme, it was pushing a waterfall straight up in the air, and it was actually an upside-down uh, waterfall. Yeah, a little reference cool. to Stranger Things. Yeah. Which is wow, so, uh, that's pretty cool. I've never seen anything like that before. That's amazing. Oh, it's a water up. Now, well, yeah, what I would really want to be, <laughs> yes. why isn't there someone like standing right there, you know, just, just like, you know, riding the wave or something, you know? That that's would be I, another weather fool. Yeah, it would it give would me be. another weather fool. It, it would be, yeah. <laughs> it would. I love it. This is nature's weather fool? Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I don't know. It's not really <laughs> someone doing something stupid in weather, but... But Jen, hey. you like you've shared some that had nothing to do with weather too. I know, so I, I figured have, I, was I, okay. I was okay. I was Phil, I've shared cats before. That's, that's so, true. Yeah. I, th yeah. I think so, yours at least was outside. Game. So that's it that counts. Phil, yeah, that's more than okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh Phil, you don't have any more, right? No. No, that was it. No, this okay, one's no. fine. This one's All right, fine, I understand so. Dina is next. Dina, who's your weather fool this week? So this is ice on the road. Oh, and this oh guy was God. sliding, oh, running geez. across the road, oh, and he's almost oh, getting oh, hit. Like, at first I thought, oh, this like, guy That looks like Greg. That looks like Greg. Go back. Go back. You got to watch this because oh, this guy's. I don't know why he got out of his car, but you could tell the, the, the road is real slick. You know, you can kind of see the sheen off of it. It looks like but he's that's wearing Greg. a mask. I know. It looks like, like he's wearing a white like, mask. And this, this was like right before Halloween. So when I first saw it, I'm like, is this like some guy trying to be like Michael Myers? Yeah. But then, then I'm like, like, he oh, literally almost gets killed. So that's that runs like Greg, is? too. I'm telling you, that's Greg. That is literally Greg. Go back, Dina. I swear. Oh, look at these. Everyone's 
crashing everywhere. It's, yeah, what they're is sliding going, all over. Oh and my it's, god, what was that guy thinking I getting out of his car? <laughs> I don't know. Someone's why. dash cam caught all of that. Now finally, <laughs> oh my god, look at that. Yeah, it's, it's you gotta watch this video, so yeah, Greg, where were good. you on October 22nd of 2023? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. And of course, everybody loves Texas. You know, they get cold, they get crazy, and everything's Dan likes bigger Texas. in Texas. But yeah, is this Dan? Oh, that might yeah. be Dan Wallace right there. <laughs> so it's Dad. one of those like, you know, swamp boats with the fan. Hover boats or whatever. Hover yeah. boats or whatever. And he's just going over the snow and the ice and the wow. road. I mean, and it's funny because you brilliant. can kind of see him kind of like moving, you know, trying to move the, I don't know. How I guess does he steer though? I, I think it's his back. Yeah. But, uh, but it he's moves the wind, it. I guess. Wow. But that's got to be cold, that's awesome. too. It's that's not a, like that's a, a storm chase vehicle right there. Yeah. Winter storm chase <laughs> yeah. vehicle. Storm chase vehicle. Yeah. That's amazing. You're, you're just straight line chasing. You're not going to make any turns. <laughs> you know? just, you just got to find a nice east west road and hope that tornado doesn't move, you know? That's awesome. That, it was just fun. I thought it was cute. I like okay, it. this this one, guys, is a, a video I found from the Weather Network up here in Canada. And this is a video out of China. And obviously, you got some strong winds. You got ice uh, covering the Woo! road. And this is uh, taken from uh, – parts of this are taken from a university or a college campus in wow. China somewhere. Of course. But, what you what you'll kids. love here is 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 that people are literally trying to walk down the sidewalks and the wind is so strong it's pushing them backwards and, <laughs> and, and, and that's so cool yeah. though that's cool yeah it is oh cool God. but they still have backpacks on <laughs> these guys are getting pushed back backwards look at that <laughs> where's that one wow. kid with cool. shorts and a sweatshirt and cry you know? <laughs> oh I, you know what dina that was me in college that was me man oh I remember, Phil, there was one that you showed one time where it was wind like that somewhere, and there was a guy, it was in the south, southern United States, and he's got, remember he had the American flag yes. on, on the, uh, yeah. he was holding the, the, the was flag the up in his, or something in his like shorts. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was okay. headbanging too, remember? Yeah. yeah, I think he was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this next one is uh, this time of year, as Tom knows, uh, you, this happens all the time. Most common reason oh, oh, in emergency rooms. That hurt. That hurt. Guy just steps out of the house and he's, you know, he slips on the stairs. Uh, yeah, weather fool this time of year. Oh, no. You Is just, that an old yeah. lady? you got to test it out oh, first, baby. I'll, I'll tell you oh. what, dash cams and doorbell cams are some of the best yeah. inventions for weather fools. <laughs> <ever>. Yes, they <laughs> are. Like oh, that Tom, have you ever slipped like that? You ever so slipped like that on the ice? Ever had a spill? It's uh, yeah, I have, and and it's uh, I've talked about this. The first step out that door in, in in these icy mornings will take you to the emergency room. So you better watch yeah, that well. forecast carefully. I have some friends that work in emergency. Looking at them, yeah, I got friends that work in emergency rooms, and they'll say this time of year the most common reason people end up in emergency rooms: broken wrists. Broken arms, you know, uh, sore backs, and all the rest of it is is uh, slip it, slip and fall this time of year. So yeah. uh, check it out. Be safe out there. Now this one, I have no idea where this comes from. But <laughs> like, let's talk about potholes for a second. Uh, oh my and, gosh. Uh, uh, I know that uh, you get, you're not going to drown in a pothole, but turn around, don't drown. Everyone knows you see a pothole oh, full of water. Geez. You take it easy because you don't know how deep that hole is. And as this video will 
Guys, oh, I watched this. <laughs> I watched yeah. this on repeat for about oh, thirty my. minutes. Oh, <laughs> motorcycle! Oh, my motorcycle! With an umbrella. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy Man. filming it? Why isn't he yeah. stopping them? So Brady, that's the best stop. Brady, the he, best part of this video is in the comments. Somebody's like, "Nice, what a what a jerk that he instead of <laughs> yeah. instead, instead of filming, you could have gone out and put a sign up saying slow yeah. down." This, this, <laughs> is the same, this is the same guy that in winter weather knows where the slipperier corners are and they just set up their camera on the corner and they just film everything and and it's like oh my god are you kidding me i'm thinking uh he he owns a tire store right is that it'd be a great business model tom you know (laughs) that's his ad that's all i got brady Well, guys, uh, we've got some great uh, weather fools this uh, this time around. So you're going to want to check it out. Go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Look for 100 or show 197 in the show notes section. Weather Trollbot 5000. This is the one segment in our show. And to give a little background, Phil had been out at a... I think a garage sale and found this little robot and who knew this thing had Wi-Fi could search the web and finds all these like little nasty notes on social media that people send our friends like, uh, you know, some like our favorite friends on air, especially they send out a tweet or something about the weather and then some a-hole has to send something nasty back <laughs> and so trollbot really what it does is it analyzes the reply from our nice sweet kind on-camera meteorologist and then says what they were actually thinking instead so <laughs> phil who did trollbot uh, zero in on this time so yeah so whether trollbot was it was trollbot 4000 when we bought her at the garage sale and uh, with all these upgrades you mentioned, uh, yeah. we upgraded her to five thousand. Uh, but so so yeah. So here's here's what we got tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, both of these actually came not from Trollbot, from but from one of our followers, Fuzzy Mickelson, uh, shared oh. these with us, and and so we thought these would be great to plug into Trollbot and see what our weather friends were really thinking. But uh, this first one uh, is. Candy Aravet, she's a meteorology student and an intern at KOTA in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, she had a, uh, I don't know if this is Facebook or Twitter, what this is, but uh, comes from Brian Holden. And Greg, as you know, right, we're, you leave throw your name the out bus. there, we're going to throw you under the bus. Oh. It's, yep. You're going to be a d- head, we're going we're gonna to throw you under the bus. Especially the yeah. intern. You know, come on, guys. Yeah, like, really. What are we doing? We're call Brant to find him, too. Find this guy. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, good point, Dina. Good point. So, Brian Holden says, uh, you are overweight, not <gasps> a healthy lifestyle. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> and Candy, and again, you know, all of our weather friends, when they respond on social media, they're always polite. They're always professional. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and really good. And, and Candy's no different. So she's an intern, a student, but she's learning uh, how, how to at least express her professional self, not her real self, maybe. <laughs> but she said, hey, Brian, I'm not sure where you found a full body photo of me on my profile. But if you took a moment to check my pictures, you'd see I spend a lot of time outdoors with my child, balancing work and college. 
I don't get as much, uh, I don't get out as much as I'd like. Still, it's not appropriate for you to make inappropriate comments on a woman's post. Let's aim for better respect. Thank you. Wow. Great. Wow. That was nice. Well done. So, Tom, I I don't know if you're familiar (laughs) with Trollbot. This might be a a big slap in the face for you here as far as a welcome (laughs) to Stormfront Freaks uh, after hours. But what we do is we plug this into Trollbot. Like, we're going to plug all this into Trollbot. And what Weather Trollbot 5000 does is that interprets what Candy was really thinking (laughs) when she made that post. Like, what her real thoughts were. Uh, and and Trollbot, we've been told, is pretty darn accurate. So mm. what I'm going to do is I, I got to plug this in first, so bear with me. We've got the AI upgrade too, right, Phil? Yeah. We've got the, all uh, that. Yep. A- actually, it's not a huge AI upgrade. We've kind of gone back because some of that AI mm. upgrade stuff wasn't working. But uh, So here we go. Let's. Uh, this just kicked out of Trollbot. Let's see what uh, she says. Here's what Candy was really thinking. What a disturbed little wrinkled... I could give a fuck what your slug nuts think of my body or lifestyle. I don't even know who the f*** you are. Why do you think I'm interested in a comment from a stain like you? Inappropriate. Be better. Nice. Oh my god, that was awesome. Slug nuts. I don't even know. And it sounds like Trollbot got a little bit of voice recognition. A little bit. A little bit. Like We we keep working with that because it's like you know, as Tom mentioned earlier, AI, right, Tom? Yeah. Uh, we've been trying to plug in some AI stuff. Like, we tried Trollbot with like a Snoop Dogg voice, and, and I don't know <laughs> how great that one went. But but we keep trying to work on it. But her vocabulary, you can tell, is kind of picking up a little bit. Yeah, she's very accurate. All right, so we have number two here to share with you. And again, as I mentioned, this one was from Fuzzy as well. He shared this with us, um, and I think we've had Katie. Uh, interpreted by Trollbot before, but Katie Nicolau, uh, mm-hmm. CBS morning meteorologist with WLNS in Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes from Greg Kyle Menard. Kyle, Kyle Menard. Menard. Kyle, Kyle Menard. Menard. Kyle. We don't like Remember so, that name. Yeah. So Kyle <laughs> says, I thought weather girls were supposed to be hot. What oh, happened God. with you? Must have an God. uncle who got you the job, huh? <gasps> Oh, oh my another God. hashtag. Then, then he shared a photo <gasps> that Katie uh, hid, didn't share. And then he said, I'd still let you gag on it, though, and then said the C word. Oh, my what? God. And said, for your Let's eyes only, BTW. Oh, Let's oh find my his name God. and call his mother. Dude, Kyle that's Menard. a... That's Kyle a, That's yeah. a creep. So, Katie, right? She uh, she's gotten this stuff before, and and you know Dina and Jen. It's like I can't, I, I just don't understand. Thank God, I guess, but I don't understand. Uh, the why dudes men never do get this, the right? same treatment. The dudes no, never very rare no. treatment. No, but anyway, so here's yeah. what Katie said. Very professional. <laughs> said, "Oh boy, I wonder what the image could be." Yes. Seriously though, why? And yes, the image is exactly what you think it is. Oh my God! So that was her response. But so let me go Scumbag. ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug this. Uh, bear with me here. I'm gonna plug this into Trollbot. Got type this in. I hope Trollbot has something. Just yeah. <laughs> I know what um, I say. <laughs> I know. Come on, Trollbot. Okay, she's computed. Uh, let's see what she Here's says. Here's what Katie was really thinking. 
Listen here, you bottom dwelling knuckle. My guess is you are a 20 year old high school dropout that smokes two packs a day in his rusty pickup on his way to a lifelong career in asphalt application. Okay. Can we just stay though, Phil? No, no offense intended towards asphalt. <laughs> any any right. asphalters or, out there? We yeah, love right, you. Right. Yeah. It's a great yeah. career. No, yeah, yeah. I. That's that's what Katie was thinking. He's that's not right, right, Maybe right. what we were He's thinking. About. Yeah. He's on but, but, but honestly, though, ladies, how can like how are how bad are dudes like like? It, they're such losers but it's bad like dudes can be bad but also women on women like on yeah, what we wear true. and our hair it's just it's everything it's so wow. bad everybody's really bad anymore, yeah tom gets that about his hair yeah uh, probably <laughs> all the time on social stuff, media or, you know. i've been told i have so many wrinkles i have to screw my pants on but oh my god. god oh god what is wrong Hey, oh next God. time, Tom, next time you get a comment like that, just share it on social yeah, media and we'll get we Weather Trollbot to, we'll to interpret it for you. Trollbot will yeah. take care of it. <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and MJ, let's hit our fan box here. Send me a postcard, drop me a line. You've got mail, baby, yeah. Yeah, we got mail, baby. We sure do. So it is freaking. <laughs> <laughs> was that a southern accent that just what came out that? there? Right. It was <laughs> wild. <laughs> Wow, love, love that. <laughs> we sure do. Maybe Jen is sure drinking sure something, the man. Jen, let's see that cup. We sure do, drinking y'all. something? I Sound like my you neighbor. in it the last time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Are you there, Brady? <laughs> no. I wish. Wait, okay, actually, next, maybe I was. I don't know. Next time, we'll do tequila. But um, we did have a couple messages in our freak fan box, and it's so exciting. We love it when you guys post about us on social media. Maybe send us an email. Uh, but this one is from Wesley Beck. He posted it on X um, from After Show 196, our Storm Chaser Roundtable. And he said he watched it live last night. It was very fun, informative, and entertaining. And he said, thanks, guys, for taking the time to share oh, this. Oh, nice. Right so, on. yeah. Right. I we love like it. Him. We love you, Wesley. Um, thank you so much for the love. And then Justin Ryan on X as well, after the same episode, said, I really enjoyed listening to you all i plan on listening to it again in the near future justin ryan we appreciate nice. you as well you are awesome and that's if nice you, if you want to get into our freak fan box just mention us in your next post on social media whatever platform you love and you might see it on our next episode but phil we have something very awesome to talk about yeah, so uh, thanks, Jen. Uh, I forgot to mention this early in the show, but um, those of you at least watching live, uh, I can share this with you now. If you're listening to the uh, podcast or streaming us, you know, uh, after uh, the date here tonight, so it's, we're actually recording on the 16th of November, um, you might miss it, but you're going to be able to go back and stream it. We are hosting, it's called the Weather Pods Disaster Relief Telethon. And this is, I, honestly, I don't think this has ever been done in the weather community. I think this is a uh, uh, new, something in, <clears throat> incredibly unique. But Saturday, November 18th, uh, so just here in a couple days if you're watching us live, from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, this is a 12-hour uh, telethon to help support the American Red Cross and disaster relief. So as we're approaching Thanksgiving, 
we thought this would be a great time uh, to bring all of our weather friends together and really help support uh, people that are affected by weather disasters and other natural disasters uh, that the American Red Cross will help out and provide some shelter and food and all the things that we uh, tend to take for granted uh, when we're not involved with that. So uh, it's a great collaboration we're doing with uh, Carolina Weather Group, uh, Chaser Chat, and The Weather Brains. So three other uh, great weather podcasts that are out there. Uh, we're all getting together and we're basically programming 12 hours of great weather interviews and conversations. Guys, listen to this. And this isn't even all of them. But here's who's scheduled to appear over 12 hours on Saturday. Reed Timmer, Ginger Z, Jim Cantori, Josh Morgerman, Michael Binsky, Brett Adair, Aaron Jajak, Janice Dean, Jen Walton, Trey Greenwood, Mike Scantlin, Mike, uh, Mark Suddeth, Chris Jackson, Craig Fugit, Jim Reed, Kim Cunningham. It's going to be a reunion special. That'll be great. Uh, Tony mm. Rice, Richard Neal. Uh, we've also got uh, Tim Marshall, Mike Bettis. Ken Graham. Uh, again, these are, that's not even everybody. That's just 12 amazing. hours of guests. It's a party, people. It's, wow. uh, it's going to be awesome. So this is, is going to be outstanding. We're really looking forward to this and, and supporting the Red Cross. Um, so tune in. You can find it. You, you can basically uh, check out all of our social media accounts, uh, especially Twitter. Um, we are going to be streaming this live uh, all of the podcasts are going to be streaming it live on their YouTube accounts and social accounts. Stormfront Freaks will be streaming it on our YouTube account. Uh, if you're watching us now, this is where you'll see it. We're also streaming it live on Facebook and Twitter or X. So our Stormfront Freaks accounts there, you'll be able to watch it all day Saturday. Um, and there's also going to be a, a Red Cross site. The key is, folks, is we're bringing all these people together to give because these are people that want to give their time to support the Red Cross. And the whole focus, right, is that we're supporting the Red Cross, an opportunity this Thanksgiving to give. So hopefully uh, you guys will tune in. Just leave it on, you know, all day. Put it on your TV. Put it on your, your laptop screen, your phone screen. Take it with you wherever you go throughout the day because I guarantee you it's going to be some fun, uh, great stuff, and, and all our freaks are going to be able to join us at some point throughout the day as well. Bill, are they going to have any water or like whistles, like with the water packs, or like any? Or is there going to be whistles provided? Is that is that how that's going to work? Uh, for those of you that don't know what Brady's referring to, I don't recall what episode that was, but it was a long time ago. It was that it was a long time ago that Brady was uh, reviewing the weather t or the emergency tube, the Red Cross <laughs> emergency tube, and it came with a little pack of water, and and he actually tried to drink the water and it spilled down his chin yeah, he, has a he said it's not really brita quality but it's it's not bad and then he tried to use the whistle he's like <laughs> it didn't work the whistle would not work Brady i was like what's the like, whistle error. you know we're in an emergency and i can't blow my whistle what's gonna happen you know? he wasn't wasn't quite sure what to do but anyway uh so we're really looking forward to that hope you can join us and that just about does it for this episode of stormfront freaks live Thanks for tuning in and do us a favor. If you like our show, hit that follow or subscribe button and help us get discovered by sharing your favorite episode on, on social media. That's always a big help for us. If you like what we do for you, um, freaks, let's go around and find out how people can find you as well. Dean, I'll start with you. 
Uh, Instagram X, all of it is uh, Lady Pilot Seventy. Nice. Lady Pilot Seventy. All right, Jen Watson. Uh, Instagram and basically everything TikTok. It's Jennifer Weather, except for X. It's Jay Watson underscore WX. And they can find you at whatever spa you tend to hang out at a lot. <laughs> you've, you've got that no, but you got that white chair too, that high yeah, neck white look. chair. You should have ended all it with like one of those masks. She's having her nails done right now. <laughs> She's getting a pedicure. All right, uh, Greg Johnson. Uh, Tornado Greg on social media and cameraeasy.ca if you want to learn how to use your fancy digital camera. Uh, nice. Very good. Brady, for you? You know, mine's uh, at Brady Harris WX, but you know what? After hearing Greg's, I might change mine to at Tornado Brady. I mean, that's just, you can't get much yes. better than that, you know? I like Tornado that's Brady. Cool. That would be good. That'd be good. All right. Uh, hey, special thanks to Tom. Tom Nizzle, thanks for joining us tonight. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Tom, you're awesome. So epic. We missed you, Tom. Yeah, and and truthfully, when you decide to retire a second time, uh, let me know because we're uh, honest, <laughs> honest to God, we'll bring you on as a co-host. Uh, you fit our group very well, so I think it would be fun. Thank you, yes. thank you. You guys are great. All right, so I think that does it. So for uh, Dina and Brady, Greg, Jen, Tom, and we got MJ and Dan in the uh, green room. I'm going to signal the all clear, and we'll catch you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Peace. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You can watch our bi-weekly show live on youtube.com slash stormfrontfreaks and download the audio version on your favorite podcast player. For links to our Patreon team of exclusive benefits, show notes, past shows, new videos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our interactive chaser radar from our friends at zoomradar.com. If you'd like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.